right, we're back at you live from the studio here in the back of our auditorium. I, I saw a lot of new faces today, and so thank you for gathering with us. Uh, this is a little different season in the life of our church. As we remodel our auditorium, I'm going to give you an update on that in just a minute. Uh, I also want to thank you, church, for your prayers. Uh, COVID went through our family in the last few weeks. Uh, first, it started with uh, one of our kids, and then a couple more of our kids, and then Brooke and I both got sick as well. So we were out for the last couple of Sundays, and I thank you for your prayers and your encouragement. Uh, we were very blessed and just had a very mild case, and we are all doing better. Uh, but some of you reached out to us and prayed for us, and somebody even brought by, uh, I want to thank Jerry Curley specifically, who brought by some Nikots to the house. Uh, and so, uh, thank you, church, for your love. I, I am so excited to be back on campus today. I was, just as I, as I came on campus this morning, I was uh, emotional um, because I love this church family. And to be able to do a baby dedication like we did this morning, it just reminds me of the importance of church family. We've been in this series called We the Church, and, and I want to thank John Adams last week who preached an incredible message out of Acts chapter 2, uh, reminding us uh, that, that our faith is better in community. Uh, I love his reminder out of Genesis, um, just... This, this idea, so many times we say, I just need God. I, I don't need church. Um, and from the very beginning, God said, it is not good for man to be alone. We are, we are created for community. And so we celebrate that in this series. We're going to continue today with the We the Church series. Uh, but I want to give you an update on a couple things. Next Sunday is Team Sunday. We postponed that uh, from last week. And so we'll be doing that next week. And so during the service, uh, we're going to go in the gym. And you're going to have an opportunity to sign up to be a part of some of the different ministries that take place on our campus from Awana and children's ministry and greeting ministry to our outreach ministry. This coming Saturday, we'll be having our next Love Your Neighbor event. And uh, so you can be a, a part of all that. And next Sunday will be your opportunity to ask questions and get to know the leaders <clears throat> of all our different ministries. So that's next Sunday. Uh, and then Sunday, September 19th, we're going to change up how we're doing um, our renovation Sundays. Here's the reason why. Everything's going great in the auditorium. All the drywall is done. The painters were in there this week. They're going to finish up painting this next week. Then we'll get carpet laid down. Uh, but we are waiting on chairs. Uh, those, we expected the chairs the beginning of August. However, uh, the company has let us know they've got some shipping issues and it's looking now like the chairs are not coming until the beginning of October. So we've got a few more weeks of our renovation Sundays. Uh, rather than make everybody sit on the floor, uh, we're going to wait till the chairs get here. So here's what we're going to do. Um, starting next, or um, not next Sunday, in two Sundays, September 19th, we're going to adjust how we're gathering. Uh, so Pastor Carlos and the Spanish ministry um, have graciously uh, agreed to swap spots with us. And so they're going to start meeting in the Alive Room uh, for, for the remaining weeks of our renovation. And we are going to meet in the Fellowship Hall. That will allow us all to gather in one place and have a live service in the room 
together. And so we're still working out the logistics of that. Uh, but we'll, we'll continue to do that until we get back in the auditorium. Looks like the first couple of weeks of October is when that will be. Be praying for our chairs uh, that are being shipped. They're supposed to get on a boat this week. Um, this week, and it takes about 30 days uh, from that time to get them here. So uh, be praying for that, okay? So next week, Team Sunday, in two weeks, we're going to change up our renovation rooms. We're going to meet in the fellowship hall for a live service all together, and then continue to pray for all of our renovation things that are going on. Well, we are continuing our We the Church series this morning, and we're going to look at a passage out of 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can get there to 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. We're going to have it on the screen, but you can follow along in your Bible as well. But the way I want to approach this passage this morning is start at the end. First uh, Peter chapter 4 verse 11, uh, the second half of verse 11 says this. I'm going to move over here to the screen. Is the screenshot ready to go? Okay. So here's what it says, all right? It says, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. It ends to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want to ask you to, to say this out loud with me, the part that's in red. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay, are you ready? One, two, three. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We're going to be looking at this passage together this morning out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And this last verse, verse 11, talks about the glory of God. And what we're going to see from this passage is that God is glorified through Christian community. God is glorified through Christian community. As we go back to verse 7 and work our way back down to verse 11, we're going to see that this is all about how we as followers of Jesus Christ live together and operate together as, as his people, as his body, as his church. This is a passage about Christian community, but this passage ends with God's glory. It's an incredible thought to me that when we gather together as God's people, when we love each other and serve each other, when we put each other first, God is glorified in that. When we do baby dedications, when we, when we, uh, just enjoy each other's company here on campus as we gather together. God is glorified in that. And that's an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift because I think a lot of times when we think of God's glory, we think of this kind of big abstract idea. It, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. God's glory uh, kind of sounds, if we're being honest, sometimes like a trip to the dentist, right? We know it's good for us, uh, but we don't necessarily like it. But the truth is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. That's a quote from Pastor John Piper, but he makes the point that, that God's glory really uh, fulfills our joy, and we see that through Christian community, the joy of gathering together, the joy of, of loving and serving and encouraging one another. And in that, God is glorified. And so this morning, we're going to look at this passage, but, but the result, the bottom line, the foundation of this message about Christian community ends in 
God's glory. And so I, I want us to see it through that lens this morning. But before we get into the message, let's pray, all right? God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your church. Thank you for your people, your body, your people gathered together for your purpose and your mission and your kingdom. God, this morning, as we look at your word, I pray that you would encourage us and challenge us. As Arthur uh, reminded us out of the book of Hebrews a few weeks ago, that, that we would stir each other up or provoke each other to love and good works. And God, this, this passage helps walk us through what that looks like in Christian community together. And so God, grow us in our love for each other. Grow us in the priority that we place on this community of believers. And God, ultimately, we believe that you are glorified in that. And God, we want to be a people who are consumed with your glory. And God, thank you that when you are glorified, we are satisfied. We are filled with joy. What a gift that is. So speak through your word today, Lord. Your word is truth. It's powerful and alive. Pray that you would transform us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's continue together in the passage this morning. So this morning out of 1 Peter chapter 4, we're going to see that God is glorified through Christian community. But let's go through this passage verse by verse. And um, I'm going to read one verse at a time, and we're going to kind of stop and talk through it. And then we'll... Uh, We'll see what God has for us this morning. So 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says this, The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. The first thing we're going to see this morning is that Christian community is rooted in the reality of Christ's return. Christian community is rooted in the reality of Christ's return. This passage starts off, the end of all things is near. That's pointing to the fact that Jesus Christ is returning. Uh, we believe that Jesus Christ uh, got to teach the equip class this morning. And we looked at the, the work of Christ from the very beginning. Jesus was there at creation. Without him, nothing was made that has been made is what scripture says. And, and he was the agent of God's covenant through the Old Testament. And the agent of God's salvation in the New Testament when he came in human flesh. He was the agent. He is the agent of God's victory as he ever lives to make intercession for us and he will be the agent of God's judgment when he returns to make every wrong right. But Christian community is rooted in this reality. The reason we are a community together is because we are citizens of one kingdom. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. There's an old song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. That's the reality. Uh, this world is not our home. We are created for another kingdom. And as such, we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We are followers of Jesus. We are not followers of any other thing. We are followers of Jesus. He gives us our identity. He gives us our reality. He gives us our truth and our foundation. And he is returning to this world to restore and to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And, and we, scripture says, will rule and reign with him. And so Christian community is rooted in this reality 
This isn't just about our time here on earth. This isn't just about um, having a good time together on Sundays and, and spending some time in groups together through the week. This is about the return of Jesus Christ, that he is coming again and he calls us to be prepared. He says, be alert and be sober-minded. Christian community is rooted in the reality of Christ's return. In other words, we have a mission. So 1 Peter 4 verse 7, it says, The end of all things near, therefore be alert and sober-minded for prayer. The second part uh, that we see from verse 7 is this. Christian community is rooted in prayer. Christian community is rooted in in prayer, it tells us the end of all things is near. Therefore, in light of the fact, the reality that Christ is returning, be alert and sober-minded for what? For prayer. We're called to pray. I, I love these two words, alert and sober-minded. Alert means we are, we are aware of our surroundings. We are aware of what's going on around us. We don't bury our heads in the sand. Sober-minded means we don't freak out, <laughs> right? There's a lot of things going on in our world that can cause fear, that could cause us to panic, to freak out. But Peter tells us in this passage, be alert, know what's going on. Know, know the reality of the times, but be sober-minded. Don't Worry, don't be afraid, but rather pray. Be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Christian community is rooted in prayer. The church first started because of a prayer meeting. Jesus told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And they waited and the Holy Spirit did come. And while they were waiting, it says that they were unified in prayer, seeking the face of God. And through prayer, God turned this group of about 120 people into a force, into a church that would transform the world. We sit here today in Orlando, Florida, 2,000 years after the beginning of the church as the result of a prayer meeting in Jerusalem. Isn't that an incredible thought? And we need to know and understand that Christian community is rooted in prayer. Prayer reminds us that we cannot do anything of any consequence, of any significance without God. Prayer is a declaration of our dependence on God. Prayer says, God, you are worthy and we are needy. We need you. We need you. We need you. Christian community is rooted in the reality of Christ's return. Christian community is rooted in prayer. 1 Peter chapter 4 continues. Verse 8, it says, Above all, Maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. The third thing we're going to see is that Christian community is rooted in love. Now, if you've been around church for any amount of time, you, you know this. Jesus said in John 13, 35, by this or in this way will everyone know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers, that you are my people if you love one another. 
And he says, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. It's a selfless, sacrificial love. And this is, this is the way that we declare that we are followers of Jesus by loving one another. We know this is true. And I love Peter's emphasis in this passage because he says, above all, if you don't get anything else, get this, love each other, love each other, love each other above all. But, but I want to focus on this last little phrase. It says, above all, maintain constant love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Church, this is really important for us to get because we live in a culture that loves a takedown. <laughs> we, love, we love investigative journalism that pulls every skeleton out of every closet and just leaves people bare and ashamed before the world. And then we love to point our fingers and taunt and mock and make fun of and ridicule. Love doesn't do that. Peter says, love covers a multitude of sins. And look, I'm not talking about a cover up. I'm talking about a love that, that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 describes. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've heard this passage of scripture read. It says, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it is not boastful, it, it is not arrogant. It's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not irritable. And listen to this, it does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This description of love is a covering love, right? It says it keeps no record of wrongs. It's so easy for us to break relationships with people because of some perceived slight, and man, in our culture now, we are finding new reasons to hate people. We are finding new reasons to divide. We are finding new reasons even within the church to make enemies of other people. But Peter says in, in this letter to the church, above all, maintain, maintain constant love for one another. Main, maintenance, right? You know what maintenance is? That's boring. That means you do a little bit every day to make sure the wheels stay on the bus. Maintenance is, is, is intentional. Maintenance doesn't happen by accident because you think everything's okay and so you don't worry about it. But, but if we're going to love one another, we have to maintain that love. Every day, we have to check our heart. We have to check our motives. We have to check our pride to maintain constant love. This kind of love that, that, that covers people. That looks for reasons to forgive. That looks for reasons to give people the benefit of the doubt. Have you ever thought somebody said something about you? And I mean, you were mad and you were upset. Turns out it wasn't true. Turns out somebody was just gossiping and told you that somebody said something. And, and I mean, you've spent all this time being upset with this person. Turns out it wasn't even true. Yeah, we've all experienced that reality. But Peter reminds us that if we are God's people, we are called to love. Christian community is rooted in love, this, this covering love. Continues verse 9, it says this, Be hospitable to one another without complaining. 
Everybody, everyone say hospitable. One, two, three. Hospitable. hospitable. It's just kind of fun to say. It's like, I don't know. Hospitable. Hospitable. All right. Let's keep moving. So uh, this word hospitable, it, it, it comes from a Greek word. Uh, and, and the Greek word is this, philoxenia. Philoxenia. If you put it on the screen so everybody can see it, philoxenia. Uh, and, and what this word philoxenia really means is a friend of strangers. Philo is, is about love or brotherly love. We, we get the Greek word phileo, if you've ever heard that. If you've ever heard that Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, it, it comes from that, that root, philo. And, and that means this brotherly friendship love. And then xenia means strangers or others. Maybe you've heard the phrase xenophobic. These are people who don't like people who are different than them. This phrase xenia or xeno, it means different. And so philoxenia literally means a friend to strangers. And this was revolutionary in the time of Peter's writing because the Jewish people didn't like the Roman or the Greek people, and yet they were called together into God's family. And the Roman people didn't really like the Jewish people or the people that they would consider barbarians. The wealthy people didn't like poor people. Free people didn't like those who were slaves. I mean, it kind of sounds like our current culture, right? We find all of these reasons to make people the others. And Peter reminds us that Christian community is rooted in hospitality. This is this friending of the other, the stranger. That's why community is so important in our churches. And that's why community groups are so important in our churches. We gather on Sundays and we get to know each other, but we look for opportunities as a church to gather in smaller settings, to gather on Sunday mornings at nine o'clock in our Bible studies or in community groups, which take place in homes all over our city. And we do this so that we can grow in our love and hospitality for one another. I want to show you a video really quick of one of our community group leaders. Check this out. Hello, uh, my name is Jim Pipes. My wife, Valerie, and I host a community group, and uh, we feel that community groups are very important uh, to our, our growth as a family uh, as, and to be part of this church. Uh, it's a chance to get to a, a smaller group, uh, to get to know them really well, the good, the bad, um, a, a place to be vulnerable with. We've been a part of a community group of one type or another for almost 15 years now. Um, the importance of it is it's a group of people that are, are like-minded. Uh, they're trying to figure out life just like we are, but they're trying to do it you know, through scripture like we are. Uh, it's a chance for someone that you can pray with, someone that you can laugh with, someone that you can cry with. Um, and you're just doing life together. Uh, it's also a support group for when needs come up in your life that you can reach out to. And, and your families get involved together. So you, 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 you learn what they're going through and you can apply it to you. It's a chance to discuss what we're learning at church uh, during the sermons. And it's just that it's kind of a shelter every two weeks that we can get together. So it's been important to us. It's helped us grow and helped us to connect. And, uh, uh, I encourage you that as signups come up, either find us at our booth uh, and sign up and become part of it, or find a group that works for your schedule and your family. Uh, you won't regret it. Thank you. I'll call for it. All right, I'm so grateful for Jim and Valerie Pipes and 
their incredible hospitality as they've hosted a community group for, for several years now. Hey, if you've got our church app, you should have gotten a little push notification while that video was playing. I've got my uh, Apple Watch on and my watch buzzed uh, with a little notification about community groups. If you don't have our church app, you can download it. We're going to put a slide up on the screen that shows you a phone number. If you'll text this number, um, you can download our app. And in our app, you can find a place where you can get more information about community groups and sign up for community groups uh, because we believe that this is an important part of our spiritual growth. It's how we learn the value of hospitality, uh, growing in our friendship with others. And man, in groups, uh, we, we experience, um, there's this incredible truth that we experience God through other people many times. I've learned so much uh, in community group. I've, I've learned so much in times in having spiritual conversations with other people uh, because other people have a different perspective than I do. And, and talking to other people about situations helps me uh, to see God and his work in my life and my situation through a different lens and a different perspective. And man, so many times I'm encouraged, I'm challenged um, through conversations with other people. And that's how God designed for spiritual growth to work. And so if you have the app, check it out, get plugged into a community group. In a couple of weeks, we'll have an opportunity for you to sign up in, in person, but, but check that out on our church app and, and consider getting involved in a community group. In the next couple of weeks, we'll launch a new community group season for the fall. Um, but look, here's the reality. Christian community is, is rooted in this idea of hospitality, of, of opening our arms and opening our homes and opening our table to guests, to, to make strangers into friends. This is so much of what Christian community is all about. Here's the next thing I want us to see. We're going to look at verse 10. It says, just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Here's the next thing we're going to see. Christian community is rooted in service. We know this, right? Jesus Christ said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many uh, a couple of weeks ago, we looked out of Romans chapter 12 at, at spiritual gifts. And we saw that God gives us spiritual gifts. And the reason he gives us these gifts is so that we can serve each other, so that we can serve the church, so that we can serve the community of followers of Jesus. Um, I, I was thinking about this idea that, that God gives us these gifts that are meant for us to serve others. And I was thinking about a time uh, when I got my wife a vacuum cleaner as a gift. She is not very pleased with this gift of a vacuum cleaner. There's nothing uh, less romantic than home appliances as a gift. Guys, I'm just giving you some pointers. Maybe you, maybe, you know. Anyway, um, but it just kind of made me laugh a little bit because the whole implication is here's a vacuum, now you can vacuum the house. But uh, this idea that God gives us gifts and the very purpose of those gifts is so that we can serve. The very purpose of, of these spiritual gifts is so that we can use them to strengthen the body of Christ. But here's the thing that's incredible. 
When we use our spiritual gifts, it's not like vacuuming, right? It's not like doing housework. Uh, there is a joy that goes along with showing hospitality. There is a joy that goes along with serving others. There is a joy that goes along with encouraging others. There's a joy that goes along with showing mercy to others. And God and his economy uses our service to grow our joy. It's an incredible thought in Christian community is rooted in service. He says, you've received the gift, now use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. In other words, God in his grace gives different and varied gifts to each of us so that we can complete each other as the community of God's people. Verse 11 says this, if anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's Words, if anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides. We'll stop right there. If anyone speaks, let it be God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides. Here's the next point. Christian community is empowered by God. Christian community is empowered by God. Look, you don't just muster up your willpower to love others. It, it, it can't be done. Unless you have Holy Spirit power in your life, it's hard to really love people the way God loved you. You don't just muster up your willpower to serve others. You don't just muster up your willpower to show hospitality to others, even to pray. No, no, you need God's strength. You need the power of his spirit in your life. And so Peter, as he challenges us in all of these areas to pray and to love each other, to show hospitality and to serve each other, he, he reminds us that it must be done through the power that God provides, through the strength that God provides. He is the one who strengthens us. That's why it starts with prayer right? That's why Christian community is rooted in prayer because in prayer, we find the strength that we need to love and to serve and to show hospitality. Through prayer, we find the strength that we need to, to, to uh, display patience and, and, and to display uh, mercy and, and to display and exercise forgiveness. Christian community must be empowered by God. We can't manufacture this. And so we come back to the end of the passage where we started earlier, second half of verse 11 that says, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Christian community results in God's glory. When we're rooted in prayer and, and we're rooted in the reality of Christ's return, in other words, we are on mission because our king is coming back. We're rooted in prayer. We're rooted in love, the kind of love that, that overlooks wrongs to forgive and to restore. We're rooted in hospitality, welcoming strangers to be a part of the family. Hey, that's why we say church is a family because we welcome anyone and everyone into the family of God. Christian community is rooted in service. God has given us gifts in order that we could serve one another. And all of this is empowered by God and it results in his glory. 
results in his glory. We're back to where we started. Believer, follower of Jesus, our lives must be about the glory of God. If it's about anything else, if it's about our little kingdom, if it's about our priorities, if it's about our dreams and plans, I promise you those things will fail you every time. It's like the man who built his house on the sand when the wind and the rains came, it all washed away. But if we will build our life on the reality of God's goodness, who he is and his glory, then we can experience joy. We can experience fulfillment and satisfaction and God is glorified through it all. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Here's how I want to close. Love this little phrase that God would be glorified through Jesus Christ. Because as we think about Christian community, we see it displayed in the life of Christ. We see it displayed in the life of Christ. Jesus Christ came for us the very first time to be born into humanity. Just as Christian community is rooted in his return, uh, it started with his first coming as a baby in Bethlehem who would grow and live a sinless life and die a sinless death to pay the penalty for my sins and for your sins. Christian community is rooted in prayer and we see that Jesus Christ prayed for us. In the garden, Jesus prayed for his disciples in John 17. And, and then he prayed for all of the believers who would come after them, that we would be one. The book of Hebrews and the book of Romans chapter 8 tells us that Jesus is still praying for us. He is making intercession for us before the Father. Christian community is rooted in prayer and we see that modeled through Jesus Christ. Christian community is, in, is rooted in love and we see that Jesus Christ loved us to the point of death. God proved his love for us in this. Romans chapter five, verse eight says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And hospitality, the love of strangers, the welcoming of strangers, Romans 5, 8, while we were enemies, while we were sinners, while we were turning our back on God, Jesus Christ gave his life for us in the Gospels, he's called a friend of sinners over and over. Christian community is to be rooted in hospitality, but we see that, the ultimate hospitality through the life of Christ. Christian community is rooted in service, and we see in Jesus Christ that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And then he washed the disciples' feet. This is our Savior, who we are called to follow and then he empowers us to follow him. And the Father is glorified in all of it. And this community of believers, this community, this family of the saints of God, the people of God, those who have called on the name of Jesus, uh, it fulfills this incredible reality of God's glory and our joy. And I am so glad to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. I hope you are church. I hope you are brothers and sisters. I hope this morning um, you're challenged to, to go more deeply into relationship with those sitting around you.
I hope you're called to serve and to love and to show hospitality. I hope you're encouraged in it this morning. But there also may be some gathered in these rooms who you're not a part of God's family. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, we are given the right to be called sons and daughters of God. But the way we are adopted into God's family is through faith. Faith in what? Not faith in ourselves, not faith in our own works, but faith in Jesus Christ, in his death on the cross, dying to pay the penalty for our sins. We all know we have sin in our life, and we may think we're a little bit better than the next guy, but the truth is sin separates us from God, the big ones and the little ones, because God is perfect. Here's his standard, and we can't get there through our own power. We need Jesus Christ. So when we put our faith in him, we are given the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. And maybe today you need to come to that place of adoption. You need to recognize that, that there is sin in your life that separates you from God and that you can't deal with that sin on your own. That you need Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for that sin. The good news is he already did it. All you have to do is accept his gift through faith. Bible said it is by grace. In other words, it is undeserved and unearned. It is by grace that we are saved through faith. This morning, maybe you need to come to that place in your life and you could just express it through a prayer that says, God, I know that I'm a sinner and I know that my sin separates me from you. I put my faith in Jesus Christ in his death and burial and resurrection and I ask you to save me. Help me to live for you and in community with other believers. If that's your heart's desire and, and you express that to God, I believe that you will be saved. But that's just the first step. Now you need to get involved in this family and this community as we take and walk alongside you. Today, if you made a spiritual decision, we want to know. I'm going to ask our room host to stand up and in all of our places that were gathered this morning. Today, if you made a spiritual decision to follow Jesus, I would ask you to go talk to our room hosts. Let them get a little bit of information from you so that we can follow up and help you take your next steps in the family of God. If you're a guest today, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, if you would go on our app and fill out a connection card or, or give your information to our room host so that we could follow up with you, we want to let you know how that you can get plugged into this community of believers. Church, thank you for gathering today. Remember, next week uh, we've got uh, Team Sunday, and then on the 19th we'll gather together in the fellowship hall. Be praying for our, our renovations. Um, man, I'm so glad to be back with you this week. I love you, church. We'll see you next Sunday.